you know by now that the dogs in my house wear Paco collars, and the newest addition is Stig's tan leather collar with brass fittings and turquoise stones. It seriously looks like the bay we bought our house on, and his smooth coat and long neck show it off perfectly. We picked it out in person at Paco's booth, and the staff helped us to be sure we got the exact fit and style that was right for him. I catch myself mesmerized by this collar when I walk him. How crazy is that? So get over to PacoCollars.com and grab a collar you'll be obsessed with, and don't forget to use the promo code COGDOG for free shipping. We've got a puppy. Puppy Elementary is my puppy training subscription service, and it's all about our new puppy, Watson. It's just $45 for six months of Watson's development and education, and you'll have indefinite access to the materials, so sign up anytime. Just go to www.thecognitivecanine.com and click the Puppy Elementary tab at the top of the page to register. Each week, you'll have access to multiple training videos and blogs, as well as constant access to the Puppy Elementary Facebook group, where you can talk about your progress with other students. Watson won't stay little for long, so join now. Hey there, dog people of the internet. It's me, Sarah Strumming of The Cognitive Canine, and this is Cog Dog Radio, a podcast about all things dog sports and dog training. Join me as I explore my cases and considerations regarding the behavior of the dogs we live and play with. I hope you enjoy it. Hey guys, a quick kind of short podcast for you today before I am uh, jet set for the holidays, but there's a question that I get a lot and I think it's a good question. It's a valid question. And so we're going to talk about it. Um, Rather than reading you any one email, I'm going to just kind of summarize what the email always says, which is basically that Y'all understand what I mean when I say healing by doing. And what I mean by that is literally as it sounds, healing reactivity, healing fear, healing anxiety by doing, by being out in the world, by having experiences where things don't actually go wrong, by learning how to have things not go wrong. Learning what that feels like is so important. And a big part of... um, any behavior modification plan for me is going to involve what I call healing by doing. Specifically, dog owners who are afraid to take their dogs out on walks, specifically decompression walks, which are these walks that I advocate, which are either off leash or on a long line in a harness out in open nature. So getting out of suburbia, getting off of concrete onto the grass, into the dirt, um, into the woods is what I'm advocating here. And there's a lot of research um, with human mental health as to why this is so beneficial or whether or not it is. There isn't in dogs yet, um, but my anecdotal experience is that it makes a world of difference. And what I hear oftentimes from people is that they can't do that with their dog because their dog is fill in the blank, reactive, aggressive, fearful, anxious, um, whatever. And, you know, a lot of these emails are just genuinely questioning, how am I supposed to do this? Whereas 
some of the emails are a little bit nasty, um, a little bit angry with me. And whenever people are mad about a simple recommendation like take your dog for a walk, I know that what I'm dealing with on the other end is fear. They're dealing with, I'm saying, I'm suggesting that they do something that scares them. Um, and I think that's definitely the case here. So I'm going to talk about a few specific things um, that have been brought up recently. And the first one is, you know, what if your dog really is kind of dangerous? <laughs> what did I do with Kelso? I talk about my dog Kelso um, on the podcast sometimes. He was severely dog aggressive. Uh, he was a border collie. He lived to be 14. Um, he died a few years ago. And getting out and healing by doing was important for him, just like it is for all of my client dogs. And what did I actually do? I'm sad to say that muzzles were not a big part of my life when I had him. If I had him all over again, he would wear um, a basket muzzle anytime we were out on a walk. That would be definitely the case if I had him again. But muzzles were not a big part of my, my life, my protocols at that time. Um, and so what I used was a product called Spray Shield, which is literally just citronella in a can that kind of looks like a pepper spray can. And it's harmless, but it's pretty offensive to oncoming dogs. And I was very successful um, avoiding altercation by either spraying a dog with that preemptively or um, spraying once the altercation did break out. It stopped the altercation pretty quickly and we could all kind of move on with our lives. I'm certainly not saying that that's fail-proof, but it made me feel a lot better. And because I could actually relax, it helped Kelso see some dogs and not actually have a problem with them. Um, I also throw food. I've talked about it a lot of times before. I will throw food at dogs that are coming up to me. I'd rather throw food at them than uh, spray them <laughs> with, with spray shield, with this kind of offensive, yucky spray that they're not going to like. It's not their fault that they don't have a recall and they're off leash approaching my dog that's not safe. It's not their fault at all. I don't want to spray them. So I'll sometimes throw food. And then another, uh, and then, you know, once I throw the scatter, they're eating it and my dogs and I can kind of get out of dodge. So I do that. And I also do, um, I'll occasionally utilize an umbrella or any kind of other shield. Sometimes I'll take off a jacket and just kind of flap it towards the on oncoming dogs. Um, any of those things I did do with Kelso and don't have to do today because most of my dogs are pretty good. Um, but with Kelso, that would have been really important. And again, I should have had a basket muzzle on him. I really should have. It was not a big part of my life, but it should have been um, at that time. So that's too bad, but obviously hindsight's twenty twenty. And then the flip side of that question um, is often, you know, what if you have a tiny dog? What if you have a dog who, you know, a normal greeting from another dog could actually get them really hurt? And that's a really valid question. Um, and to be honest, I've never had a dog that was smaller than like 30 pounds. Um, but if I did, because I may in the future, so I've definitely thought about it. Um, if I did, I really like this thing that's called a, a coyote vest. It's basically body armor for your dog. It has these big long spikes on it that aren't going to hurt your dog, but they will um, scare off 
any kind of predator, whether it's another dog or a coyote or, or anything like that, and make them more difficult to hurt. So that's kind of one option. Um, and other than that, I do like the idea of having my small dogs with big dogs that they know and trust. I think that's kind of important too. And truthfully, I may be more likely to keep a small dog on a long line than I am with my bigger dogs. If I don't think they're safe out in the world, I'm going to have a hard time with it. Stay tuned because I may get a small dog um, in the future. And I, until I have one, until I live this life with a tiny dog, I can't actually answer this question in all truth. My clients who have tiny dogs have utilized the coyote vest. Um, they've utilized kind of the pack system, having a bunch of dogs together, and they've kept their small dogs on long lines as well, or sometimes even flexies, um, to just make sure that they're keeping them safe. And I think it's, it's valid and it's important to really think about. If your small dog is the aggressive one, if your small dog's got a reactivity or aggression issue and they're going to start something they can't finish, <laughs> I think it is so, so important to use everything I talked about with Kelso. Keep them safe from starting an altercation by having a basket muzzle on them, using the spray shield, throwing food, um, to try to avoid any of those altercations. Cause that's a definite, uh, definite concern, having a tiny dog that's gonna start something with a big dog that's going to you know, really hurt them in retaliation. That's a, that's a real fear and a real concern. So, those are some of my safety things. And I'm just going to come back to something that I harp on all the time, which is that risk is always relative. And it's up to us to assess risk anytime we do anything. So every time I go for a hike, that's a real hike in the mountains that might have cliffs. <laughs> I think about the time that Felix spent 24 hours on a cliff which was the most traumatic thing that's ever happened to me in my life. He needs to be out and off leash. And I also kind of need hiking. So we decide that this risk, even though that was so awful, is worth it for us. Um, it may not be for you and that's okay. I think there are other, you know, safer ways truly to, um, get your dog out and get them exercise. Felix is a dog that needs to run off leash in big spaces, uh, genuinely, truly requires it for his mental health. So if I were too frightened to take him out um, into the world, I would take him to large public parks and have him on a very long line so that he could do that because he needs it so badly. And I hope that you guys understand that I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad. I, my dog, Iggy, who is 10, I think really, really benefits from these walks. But she also doesn't have any bad side effects when she doesn't get them. Um, I'm going to be away from her for 10 days because I'm traveling for the holidays. And she's not going to get a walk and she's going to be fine with it. She's going to have property to walk on. But she's not the kind of dog that's going to actually go stretch her legs on the property. She's only going to go on a walk if you're going on a walk. So she's not going to get as much exercise as she normally does. And she's going to be totally fine with it mentally. Whereas Felix wouldn't be. So it's always deciding what's best for us, even though there are always risks. The safest thing is to just stay home on your couch. 
But as I pointed out to somebody the other day, your dog is really in more statistical danger in your car on the way to the trail than they are off lead on the trail. And then finally, because um, there's some blogs about this making the rounds on social media and I this happens you know, several times a year, I want to say that I do not advocate allowing your off-leash dog to run up to people's people's on-leash dogs or even their off-leash dogs. Um, I worked very, very hard and I continue to work hard to have my dogs be very responsive, good recalls, stay by me and not rush up to other dogs. Felix, I had to work so hard on this, you guys, because he's very dog social. He wants to run right, right up, see who this dog is, um, shake their hand, figure out what's going on, ask them, you know, ask them what's going on in their life. And I had to work really, really hard on this. And so he was on a long line when I was likely to see other dogs much longer than I would have liked. I hate holding the long line. So for you guys who think that maybe I'm advocating everybody just unclip the leashes and hope for the best, that's certainly not the case. I have had the dog, I told you about Kelso. The number of times Kelso got in an altercation with an off-leash dog is way, way too many. It was very stressful for him. It was very stressful for me. And it was a, it was a big irritant in my life. It made me crazy that people had their dogs off leash um, who would just charge up to us. I totally get it. But I have also healed by doing and I have decided to be okay with the fact that this will happen, that the general public does not change, but I do not allow myself to be the general public. Um, if my dog walks up to an on-leash dog and causes an altercation, I would be, nice sound effects from Watson, by the way, playing with the doorstopper, um, I would be mortified. And, you know, it's happened a few times and I'm extremely apologetic and I'm lucky that it hasn't really caused any problems for anybody. Um, but get out there, heal by doing, you won't be sorry and there are ways to stay safe. Thanks for listening to CogDog Radio. If you have questions or suggestions, shoot them over to CogDogRadio at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to like the CogDog Radio Facebook page. And until next time, happy training.